Welcome to Nest Church, and thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope this word blesses you today. For more information, visit nestchurch.com. We hope to see you soon. And remember, you are There's certain things that uh, characterize different spiritual homes, and the worship you have in this house is one of those things that just, uh, you know, like you walk into the room, it just hits you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and uh, never lose that. Never lose that. Um, got a puzzle with me. Over here, um, having some technical difficulties here. Let me see. Okay, oh, got nervous. Wasn't opening for a little bit, so I brought a puzzle with me, and I'll let you know about this. But uh, I know that you guys have been talking about. Oh wait, give me a second. I, f- I forgot. Um, so you, your belly's showing, huh? So uh, I saw a picture. Um, I don't know what's going on with the baby. I mean, I don't know if it's a boy or girl, if you know yet, but I saw a picture and um, two hands, a, baby, a Bible in one hand, and it was like a, like a paintbrush, I think, almost. I have no idea what that, <laughs> what that means, but that's all I saw, and I just wanted to tell you guys. And, uh, and I, just, I bless that, that, that child, and I declare that he's gonna be a revi- uh, he or she is going to be a revivalist. She? Lily. Uh, Lily? There you go. Lily's going to be a revivalist. I don't, I don't want to add anything to that, that picture, but just pray on it and ask the Lord, you know, what that means. And my son, when, when, he, when he was in my wife's womb, a gentleman came up to him and I mean, came up to us and was like, I just saw your boxing gloves, right? And he had no idea, like, what he was saying. But it just, oh, we were like, wow. And uh, if you know my son, like, he'll come up to you and punch you for no reason. <laughs> you know, <laughs> It means a lot more than that, but he does. He, he'll be, we'll be laying down on the couch, and he just, he's playing, and he's like, Daddy, can I punch you? And I'm like, why do you want to punch me? Like, what, you know, so it's funny, man. It's funny. Um, but, yeah, so uh, you guys have been, guys, been going over first and second Peter. I think you guys have been doing a study on that. And we're, we're not, like, I'm not going to continue the study, but I am going to stay on Peter. You know, and uh, one of the reasons that I brought this puzzle is because during, during the whole uh, peak of the pandemic, one of the things that I picked up was puzzles, which was weird. M- my mom loved puzzles. My mom would just do it, like, for the heck of it. There would be random puzzles on her dining room table. And she would always, always, she would always ask me for help, and I, don't have, I just didn't have the patience. Because in order to put puzzles together this is I think 100 pieces I think we the, the biggest one was like 800 or a thousand pieces you know and I didn't, I didn't get to finish that one <clears throat> but it was crazy that in the middle in the in the middle of the pandemic I started and it was like a stress reliever and then my kids were like oh we're gonna help you and just like I used to do to my mom they would be there for like five minutes you know my wife would help me whenever she whenever she wanted to and but I would just stick to it you know and then one time I couldn't find a piece. I'm like, bro, no way. Like one piece left in the stinking puzzle and I couldn't find it. And I was like, bro, I can't believe this. 
And I'm like, the, the, the puzzle was missing a piece. I'm going to call the manufacturer. How could they send you a puzzle with a missing piece that just defeats the purpose of doing a puzzle if you can't finish it? And I was just angry and frustrated because I spent so much time on that puzzle and I wasn't going to be able to finish it because it was missing one piece. And I felt like the Holy Spirit kind of spoke to me and he's like, you always blame the manufacturer when there's a piece missing. Aren't we like that with God? Every time we feel like there's something missing in our life, we point the finger at the manufacturer. It's like, you're, you're missing a piece. But that song says that he finishes what he started. And that he doesn't know how to fail. And he's not going to start with you. And he's not going to start with me. So before we go into this word, I want you guys to understand something. That he is putting this puzzle together. And just like he started, he will finish it. And some things might not be making sense right now. But I guarantee when the, when the puzzle is finished, you will know that he has always been good and will always be good. Amen? All right. So, okay, so I'm a little bit, uh, let me go, let me turn this around. This is my son's iPad, as you can tell. I'm not really tech savvy, so I'm looking for the on button. There you go. That's why you guys usually see me, I'm here with a, a like paper, you know, just like paper, and I just, it's just a lot easier for me. Uh, I don't have to deal with this turning off on me every five seconds. But I want you guys to turn with me <clears throat> to Luke 5. Verses 1 through 11. Now, Peter's an interesting character, right? Peter is known kind of like the loud mouth, impulsive disciple, right? Always speaking what's on his mind. Are there any Peters in the house? Okay, I'm kind of like a Peter. I, I'm very impulsive and sometimes I just don't say things and my wife will give me the look and I'm like, oh man, what did I do? Um, you know, he had some, some, some bad moments, you know? You know, like getting called Satan that's not, that's not something you put on your resume, you know what I'm saying? Oh, I was called Satan. Never name your son or that, please. That's just a little Lucifer, come here. You know what I'm saying? That's not good. He, uh, he, 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 he took his eyes off of Jesus and he sunk into the water, right? He denies Jesus, right? There's some things that is crazy, man, because... A lot of people look at Peter and sometimes, you know, they criticize him for everything that he did. But the truth is that he was the only other person besides Jesus to walk on water. So a lot of people criticize him for sinking. But he, he, the reason that he sunk is because he had the courage to step out. And everybody else is in the boat and they didn't sink, but they didn't walk on water. You know, he was also, he was also the person that the Holy Spirit revealed to that Jesus was the Messiah, remember? Oh, who do you say that I am? You remember that? And God tells him all these things, you, you are the rock in which my church will be built, and, you know, and, 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 and just all these things are spoken over, over Peter. And now I want to look at the moment that Peter is called, because it's important to see what happens at that moment. And let's just read through, I'm reading from the NIV. 
And this is what it says. <clears throat> One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, I don't know if that's how I, I just murdered that name. The people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw that the water he's left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deeper, into deep water. Isn't that a little scary whenever Jesus tells you, okay, we're going to go deeper? Yeah? Because a lot of the times, a lot of the times, remember, if the, the more shallow it is, the more control you have, right? I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm terrified of sharks. I saw the movie Jaws, and I think I've told you before, I, I, didn't want to, I didn't even want to fill the tub. And I was a little kid. And I was like, okay, if I fill it halfway, the shark won't be able to swim in here. So, and I thought somehow, some way, the tub was connected to the pool, and the pool was connected to the ocean. Every time I went to the pool, I would stand outside, and Pastor Rigo knows, because I, I lived in an apartment, and the pool was literally, like, right across. My, my mom can see the pool. And, and she asked me one time, like, what are you doing standing outside the pool, looking into the water? And I was like, I'm checking for sharks. <laughs> she, she looks at me like, what? She's like, yeah, I'm scared of sharks. And, and she's like, she has to explain to me. You know, like, listen, the, the shark can't fit through there, and it's not connected, and all these things. And I'm like, I'm okay, huh? Yeah, the chlorine, you know, but I was just like, yeah. And I still checked. After that, the great explanation that my mom gave me every time I would go to the pool, when I was by myself, when I was with my friends, like maybe we, I would just kind of walk around, you know, just pretending that I'm going down the stairs, but really I was scoping up the water, making sure the jaws wasn't in there, you know? And it's funny because you, you, you have control when the water is shallow, but that's why Jesus says, let's go a little deeper. Because at the end of the day, he wants us to be able to trust him. And we cannot fully trust him if we still have control. So when we're in the shallow water, a lot of us like to chill in the shallow because we can see what's at the bottom if there's an animal, there's no waves. If you're not a good swimmer, you don't have to worry about swimming. All these things, the, li the lifeguard is farther away when you're deeper. All these things make you feel safe when you're in the shallow. The problem with the shallow is that it limits you on what you can do. You know, if you want to get wet, fully submerged, or get, you have to kind of lay down in the water or sit down and splash yourself, it's a lot of effort going into that. But when you go into the deep, all you got to do is go in the deep. And that water will overtake everything that you are. So he goes, let's go a little deeper. Let's go, let's go to the deep. Let's, let's see what else he says. Okay. And let down the nets of the... For a catch, Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught so, such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So, so check this out. They go to the deep. They throw the nets. They have, they've been fishing the whole entire night. He's prob they're probably exhausted. And all of a sudden, they got a catch. And the nets, the Bible says there's so many fish that the nets begin to break. What has been placed in Simon, in Peter's hands for years, for most of his life, the thing that he's always used to provide, that he's always used to bring to, food to his house, that he's made him a living, that he's made a, 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 
he's, he's, he's popular, he's known, a reputation of being a fisherman. That same instrument is being broken by the amount of fish that Jesus is bringing into, into Peter's boat. See, when Christ shows up in your, in your life, he begins to break away those things that you use to make you feel safe. Check this out. He was worried so much about getting fish. And now Jesus goes and gets fish. But the, the answer to his prayer is breaking the instrument or the tool that he uses to do what he needs to do, which is catch fish. You hear me? So he's, he's out there in the deep. Jesus says, throw the nets. He throws the nets. The nets get a bunch of fish that begin to break. So they start signaling. They signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so, so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. So were, so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. For now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on the shore, left everything, and followed him. They began to, can you imagine that? I mean, I don't know how, I don't fish. I went fishing one time, and it was with Regal over there in Key West. I had never been fishing after that. I think I was like 11, right? I was very young, bro. And I remember they gave me a line. I didn't even have a rod. I had like a, a line, and I never fished before, so I didn't. I was holding onto the line, and when the fish bit, and 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 I, he started pulling, I started pulling. I cut myself because I'm not a fisherman. I'm a city boy, man. You got fishermen in here? You like to fish? Somehow, I, I, look, you need patience for fishing, bro, because I can't sit around there all day, rowing back and forth, waiting for Nemo to bite something. You know, it's just not. It's 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 not my thing. But whatever, it's cool. I'm a sinful man. I failed so many times, maybe with his wife, maybe with his family, maybe with his brothers, maybe with his job or work. He's failed so many times, and he's seeing Jesus do this miracle, and his reaction to him failing in the past and still seeing this miracle is that he gets down on his knees. He's failed me. He's failed before, and he's astonished that even though he's failed before, Jesus still works in his favor, Jesus still responds with a need that Peter has. Now, I don't know what's going on. I don't know if, if Peter was having a financial crisis. I don't know if his mother-in-law was, you know, a nice mother-in-law or not a nice mother-in-law. You know, we'll leave that subject alone. I'll let Pastor Rigo take that on Mother's Day. <laughs> But we don't know what was going on. All we know is that he had a need. It was, his, it was his job. But he had a need to catch fish. And Jesus met that despite him failing. So he just responds. He's like, man, I'm not worthy of this. And when Jesus shows up in our lives, and we've been failing. When Jesus showed up in my life, and I knew who I was. I was just out there talking um, to a young lady that went to you know, Westwood. She was a Westwood lifer, I think, right, she said? And, and we were talking, and I, and I knew her brother. And me and her brother did some crazy things together. Not godly things, crazy things, you know. And, and it's like 
you, 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 when you run into Jesus, all of a sudden you know who you are and where you came from and you're so grateful that your response is sometimes complete surrender. Like you fall to your knees and you raise your hands like this. Is, I, I don't have any other expression but this. I don't have any other expression but to say, God, here I am. And this is what Jesus tells him. From now on you will fish for people. And it begins. They left everything and followed Christ. I don't know if you guys have seen the Chosen series. It's like, have you guys seen that? It's, it started, I think it's the, the second series is on. I think they're already on the third episode. But if you haven't seen it, you should see it. And it's just like, it's, it, I like it because it, 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 it's not verbatim, you know, for every word from, from the Bible. But it, it, it kind of fills in like what Jesus was like or, and the conversations that they could have had. And, 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 and it shows Jesus and the disciples like clowning on each other, which I know Jesus did. Because Jesus, uh, the kids always went to Jesus, right? And kids don't like boring people. Yes or no? If you're boring, kids are never around you. So if that's you, you know, I'm, I'm sorry to bear the news, but the truth is kids don't like boring people. If you're boring, they're going to be like, deuces, I'm out. I'm going to go with the fun uncle or the fun aunt or, or the fun... Because they love, so Jesus was, I love that, he was clowning and he's, and he's messing around and they're laughing and, and, and you see them arguing like, oh, who's going to be the greatest and oh, I'm the greatest and everybody's arguing like, oh, this, who, Peter pulls Jesus aside, he's like, hey, listen, why don't you give me like a, when you go away and stuff, why don't you give me control of the group so I can make decisions, Peter, bro. <laughs> he's a leader, man, but he's like trying to get control, he's like, Lord, Lord, you know, when you go away, give me the authority so I can make some decisions, you know what I'm saying? And Peter's seeing all these miracles. He's hearing all these teachings. He seems like he seems like he's getting a picture of who he is. Think about this, guys. He's been a fisherman all his life. And now Jesus comes into his life and he says, you know what? You're going to be a fisher of man. And I'm going to take, uh, hopefully I don't, I'm going to take out really quick. You guys see that? No, really, right? It's a, it's a map of the world. Okay. Give me a second. And it has pieces. It has 100 pieces, I think it is. And our lives are a lot like this puzzle. We have many experiences, emotions, thoughts, moments, you know, and the thing is that we feel like we got it, we got it together. Like, in other words, when you're the puzzle. You have no idea. Like, you think you know what you're going to look like at the end. Right? So you walk in life and you get a piece here and a piece there and another piece here. And the, and the, and the, and the, and the puzzle is starting to take form. But the truth is that you have no idea what the, what the, what the puzzle is going to look like. See, if you've ever built a puzzle, have you tried to build a puzzle without the box or the picture? If you didn't have that, you know, and all you had was pieces but no picture, it looked like something it was never created to look like. You begin to look like something 
that looks completely different to that box. And that image on that box, see, that image, the only one that has that image clear is the one who holds the box. You and me are the puzzles. Guess who's holding the box? It's him. So a lot of the times we think that we know what we should do or this goes there and that goes here or this happens this or this little, this corner. You know, I always go to the corners. That's what I built first. I built the corners, right, and the edges because that, you know, you can figure it out. But once you start going to the middle, if you don't have that picture, once you start going deep into the middle of that puzzle where all the details are at, if you do not have that picture, you are done. And when you begin to go, in, to go into the deep things of life and you don't have a clear image of who you are to him, you're done. Because then you let problems and situations tell you how you're supposed to look. Then you let people tell you what you're supposed to look like or do. You let your own fears and your insecurities take you somewhere that you're not supposed to be. The only way that you can be sure that you're looking like the box is that you're close to the one who holds the box. Check this out. He told Jer, before you were in your mother's womb. Check this out. It's It's not even in the womb, which is already like, like he, that's a secret place. Like he didn't ask his mom, uh, her mom or her, or her dad, you know, how do you want me to make her face and her eyes? Like he's forming, he's forming her right now, but without their opinion. Can you imagine if abuelo and abuela can give an opinion on how the baby looks? <laughs> Listen, I, I struggle because my, my, my kid, my, my son looks like me, you know. My, my daughter, but, but my wife has strong, like, genes. Like, they're, they're family. And I'm like, yo. Like, and I remember Abby, I'm like, Abby, you look, thank God you look like your mom. I'm really happy for that. I would have been a, a, a real ugly girl. I, I would have gone to prom with, like, my second cousin. And, like, you know what I'm saying? Because nobody would have taken me to prom. But, but what I'm saying is, like, my, my daughter, like, she looks like, thank God she looks like my beautiful wife. But she has her pinky toe, guys. Listen, listen, listen. My pinky toe looks like, you know those little helmets that they, for the half of the NFL? Like, my pinky, look, look, it looks like that. It looks like it has a helmet on. I will show you, but it's, it's, not, it's not the place. One day, if you see me, hey, Pastor, can you show me the helmet? I'll show you the helmet, okay? But the truth is, when I saw her pinky toe, I was like, oh, my God. That's my pinky toe. And I take pride on that pinky toe. That's all me. You can't deny me because you got my pinky toe, girl. And everybody giving an opinion like, oh, but look, what about, you know, I would have loved to be six foot two or at least five ten, bro. I I mean, you know, I'm five seven if I'm wearing like boots. That's like, that's why I wear boots, you know, because I want to be a little taller. But I would have loved to be tall, you know. We would, if we had a say, but there's some things that God doesn't need your opinion for. 
There's some things that God, if he knew you before you were in your mother's womb, and then he says that you were fearfully and wonderfully made. So he knew you, and then when you were in the womb, he knew you before the womb, and then when you're in the womb, he says that you were fear, you were knitted in the womb, fearfully and wonderfully made. See, he didn't know you, create you, and then give you a purpose. That's not what happened. He knew you, created you, and knitted you on purpose. The purpose came before the knitting. Because he knew who you were and what you were created for, he knitted you in secret where no one else can have a word on it and say, this is what I created you for. So then we get outside the mother's womb and then we think that we know what's best for us. And we're a bunch of pieces all over the place. Everywhere. And God is, 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 is putting a picture together that this world needs to see and we're all scattered. Because we think we know what we should look like. There's a moment where this is evident. And this is one of Peter's not one of his brightest moments. And it's in Luke 22, verse 33 and 34. <clears throat> this is what it says. But he replied, Lord, I am ready to go with you to prison and to death. This is Peter talking. You know, last supper, talking, having a conversation. Then they start arguing about who's going to be the greatest again. And, and Jesus is like, you know, the greatest is the least. The least you know, and, he's, uh, and the least is the greatest. And he begins to talk. And then, and then in the middle of it, Peter's like, yo, Jesus, JC, I got you, dog. When I was back, when I was like trying to be hood, I didn't have like a bunch of friends. But I knew that there were, I have friends that, yo, it could be three against ten, and we're throwing hands. We're going to get a butt whooped, but we're throwing hands. It was like, yo, you're my, you're my dog, my ride or die, whatever. I remember I got into a fight one time. I lost the fight. That kid showed up at a, at a, at a Columbus party, right, with St. Brendan, and he couldn't get in the, in, the, in the party. You know why? Because Pastor Rigo and another boy, my Richie, had a squad of dudes waiting for him. But he, and you know he wanted to go to that St. Brendan party because St. Brendan parties were like it back in the day. I had dudes that were, were down with me for whatever. And that's what I look for. And, and Peter, he's like, yo, I got you. And then Jesus says this. Jesus answered, I tell you, Peter, before the rooster crows today, you will deny three times that you know me. Peter's puzzle picture said, ride or die. But Jesus' picture said, you don't really know me. That's tough, guys. This man has, has left everything that he knows to follow Christ. And because he's been the one that's been putting his puzzle together, he really believes 
that he is good. That he has Jesus, his back, that he really, like when he said that, he wasn't like lying and he didn't have his fingers crossed behind his back. Remember that when we were little kids? Yeah? Like, oh, I have my fingers crossed, that doesn't count. No, that's not what Peter did. He meant it from the bottom of his heart. But was it true? There were things inside Peter that were still broken and didn't allow him to do what he wanted to do. Yes? Those things that I want to do, I don't do. And those things that I don't want to do, I do. Peter wants to die for Jesus. Peter wants to go to prison if that's what needs to happen, but he doesn't. Because there's some pieces missing. And Jesus knows it. How many of us right now have been trying to put this puzzle together? And we think it's looking like what's supposed to look. And Jesus is saying, son, daughter, there's some pieces missing. Come to me. Come to me. I got the picture. I knew you before you were in your mom's womb. I knitted you in your mom's womb. Fearfully and wonderfully made. Now my son, is, he's, he's missing digits in his right hand, right hand. And he was fearfully and wonderfully made. Now there are some pieces that I don't understand why they are where they are. Or why they fit where they fit. But that's not my problem. Because I don't hold the box. He holds the picture. He holds the box. Let him put the pieces together, even if it doesn't make sense. Because at the end of the day, he knows exactly where every single piece needs to go. So if you're in it right now, like my sister was saying in the beginning, if you're going through it right now, I want you to know that he has the box. And that image will be finished. Every piece will go in the place it's supposed to go if you trust him. Amen? Amen. John 21 verse 1 through 10. So we're going to look at a similar a similar situation. Okay? A similar situation to the one that we just read with Peter. I'm going to try to move through it quick, but check this out. Afterwards, Jesus appeared again to his disciples. So Jesus had already appeared to them. Right? He appeared to the disciples, I believe, before Thomas wasn't there. And then he appeared to them again when he tells Thomas, remember? Stick your finger in my and Remember? Yes? We do read our Bibles? Very good. I'm joking, man. Okay, he appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, also known as Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana and in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them. He was, Jesus had already appeared to them, but he had already gone back, and he's still doing what he was supposed to do. Remember, he's, not, he's no longer a, fish, a fisherman. He's a fisher of men. Yes? Similar, but not the same. He's, a, he's not a fisherman. He's a fisher of men. Okay. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them. And they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat. But that night they caught nothing. Sounds familiar? Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore. This time, Jesus is not in the boat. 
It's a lot nicer when you got the Son of God in your boat. You know, even though they had already gone through that, you know, the storm, Jesus is knocked out, you know, sleeping. The storm is going on. It's crazy that our storms scare us, but in reality, it's like a lullaby for Jesus. Our storms put him to sleep. <laughs> like, oh, I don't know. I have, a, I think, a, a friend, a, a wife of a friend that she, ha- she, she has, like, noises in the background, like, like city bus. That's, that's weird. I'm like, What? No, I don't like the ocean. But if I, if I put that ocean noise in my room to sleep, I would get up to pee like five times in a night. <laughs> I would go to the bathroom because it's like, yo, I, don't, I, need, to, I need to silence. You know, let me rest. So, I don't know why I said that. But Jesus stood at the shore. He wasn't, he wasn't with them in the boat. Okay? So, it's, it's a little different because now he's a little, he's, he's a little far away. Now, it says this. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you'll find some. Sounds familiar. When they did, they were unable to haul the net because of the large number of fish. It's like deja vu. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. Now this is just a, a little... Side point. It's funny to me that the disciple that was supposed to be the closest to Jesus, that put his head on his chest, is the one that knows it's Jesus. A lot of the time, we don't know it's Jesus because we're not that close to him. You know, when you've heard his heartbeat, when you've smelled the aroma, like what his shirt smells like, when you know... His voice, because you, you, you know his whisper, because you've been so close. It doesn't matter what distance he looks or he is. You know, hey, that's Jesus. And then this happened. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said, Peter, it's the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off and jumped into the water. So, when we come to Jesus, we have our failings and we have our, our, our trouble and, our, and we stumble because we, we don't know him. And, you know, and we, we, we commit, we come to him and, and we're like, Lord, thank you because you love me just as I am. You know, you, you, it doesn't matter what I've done. It doesn't matter what I'm doing. You just, you love me. It's unconditional. And, and, and Jesus I mean, and Peter, remember, when he saw God doing all those things, despite of who he was, he fell to his knees, he lifted up his hands. He's like, I'm, I'm a sinful man, I don't deserve this. But this response is different, guys. John says, it's Jesus. The Bible says that Peter heard John say, it's Jesus. He got his garments, which is interesting, and we'll talk about that now. He put on his garments, which is the opposite of what you do when you're jumping in the water. You know, usually... Take off, jump. Not. <laughs> That's not what we do. But we'll get there. And he jumps. He, he jumps. He doesn't wait. Remember in the first story, everybody, the fish. The fish. The, the nets are breaking. The fish. The boat. Oh, hey. He calls his partners. Come, come. The boat. The fish. The boat. And the, the, the fish. Put him in the other boat. Put him in the other boat. Put him in the other boat. Put him. They, the Bible says that they just caught another catch. And they have been fishing the whole entire night. 
and they didn't catch anything. But for some reason, this time, when the, the fish are coming into the boat or into the nets, and it's hundreds of fish, but Jesus is on the shore, he's not worried about the fish. Did he call anybody to help him? No. Does it say anything about the nets there? No. It says that he said, I'm out. And he jumped into the water and he began to swim. It's one thing when you encounter God's love and favor when you first meet him, when you first encounter him because he's rescued you. It's another thing when you encounter God's love and favor when you failed him. As believers, the number one, not the number one, but one of the greatest things that the enemy uses to discourage us is us. It's our failings. It's every time we fall. The Bible says that a righteous man falls seven times, and seven times he gets back up. For every time he's fallen, he gets back up. He falls 10, he gets up back, he goes back up 10. He, he falls 20, he rises 20. He falls 30, he rises 30. He falls 125, he rises 125. Righteousness is not, it's not just about being set apart. Yes, we have to be set apart. We need to walk in holiness. But righteousness is also saying, I'm still going to Jesus no matter how many times I stumble. If I have to get there crawling with my elbows bloody with my forehead full of mud with my knees scraped I'm going to get there but I'm not turning around I don't care how many times I stumble I'm going to get back up and swim to Jesus so the interesting thing is that this expression is like okay Lord forget the fish because remember he was already told that he's not a fish fisherman he's a fisher of men so before he jumps in the water, he gets and he puts on his garments. Now the garments in the Bible, one of the things that they resemble is authority. Being new, God changes our garments. He makes them white as snow. A cleaning. It's not a coincidence that that phrase is there, guys. It's not a coincidence that it's, they could have left that out. If it wasn't important, it could have been like, you know, Jesus saw, I mean, Peter heard John say, it's Jesus, and it could have just said, he jumped in the water. Yes or no? But that's not what it says. It says, he got his garments, he put on his garments because he had taken them off. You don't think Peter took off that authority that he was given by Jesus, or at least he tried to because he felt he, he wasn't worthy of it because he had failed Jesus. He took off all of that. I'm, I'm, a, I'm not a fisher, man. I'm a fisherman. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not Peter. I'm Simon. And he just begins to, that's not me. You know, and he begins to take off the things that God already bestowed upon him because he felt he wasn't worthy because of the, the moment that he failed Jesus, that he denied Jesus not once, twice, but three times. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, he's like, no. And after G he knows it's Jesus, he puts his garments on, and he jumps into the water. Kind of like being made new, you know, when we get baptized? We go into the water, submerge, and we come back. It's a symbol, and it's a proclamation of our faith. I feel in that moment, what was happening is that Peter was being renewed. He was being renewed. 
He was being renewed. His authority was being reestablished because he saw Jesus. Think about this. They had already encountered Jesus twice. So seeing Jesus alive, (laughs) seeing Jesus alive didn't cause something in Peter like it's causing now. He had already seen him twice. At least. So what's different? I believe what happened there is that he was going back to being a fisher of men. If you follow that story, a few verses down is when Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? Yes? And what does he tell him? Take care of my sheep. Feed my sheep. Yes? Why that? Why that? Why that? He was being restored for what he was really called to be. Jesus was fixing the picture. He asked him three times. Because three times he denied him. So he wanted to make sure that he knew that he wasn't Simon, but that he was Peter, the rock. That he was Peter, the fisher of men. How many of us here today are dealing with that? Listen, I feel every day, and my wife is a a witness to how many times I fail. Was that Jax? <laughs> that was great. Sounded like a brave heart. <laughs> Psalms fifty one seventeen says this. <clears throat> and I'm I'm finishing. You guys can come up if you want. My sacrifice, O oh God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. You, God, will not despise. Thank you, guys. Appreciate that. Thanks, man. So I've been meditating on what I was going to speak about here at Nest for like two and a half weeks. When did I preach at church? Two weeks ago, right? Two or three weeks? For like three weeks. And I'm going to be honest with you, man. I was like, or like, I was kind of blank. Like I wasn't hearing something. I wasn't seeing anything. And, uh, my wife, every time I want to prepare a preaching, she's like, are you ready? And I'm like, I got this. Like, cause, you know, because she has a way of, she, she preaches and she's an amazing preacher, but she takes notes and she prepares like a month or so before the preaching. And she has like 15 pages of notes with every detail. You know, she's a writer, so I'm not like that. I, I let it marinate. 
like for whatever time, and then I sit down maybe two or three days before, and I begin to put everything that God has been speaking to me together. There was a problem. I wasn't wasn't hearing anything. I'm going to be honest with you guys, you know. And my wife doesn't know that, but she asked me, are you ready? And last night, I had nothing. I just had a something because I had told Rewe, listen, so I called him, hey, and I think it's the first time that I've done this because of what I was going through. I was like, hey, listen, is there anything? I kind of have this about Peter, but it wasn't really like last night, nothing. I'm in the presence, doing what I'm doing. I'm reading. Guess what happens? Yeah, last night, fell asleep. Uh Uh-oh. Wake up at three something in the morning today. And all of a sudden, there's like a download. And I'm like, really? You couldn't have told me this a week ago? Control. I don't know what your picture looks like. I don't know how many pieces you're missing. I mean, we're all missing pieces. I don't know what you've made of the picture that God knew even before you were in your mother's womb. But I do know one thing, that today he wants to restore. Today he wants to renew. Today he wants to shout from the shore, hey! I don't know about you, man. I would have been the last person that I would have chosen to do what I'm doing today. I need you to understand something. I'm not supposed to be here. And you guys know my backstory. A lot of you have said it before. I'm not supposed to be married to this beautiful woman. I'm not supposed to have these children. Like my painting was so different than what God had for me. If I could have chosen something, I would have not chosen what God has chosen for me. And the thing is that, hopefully the camera gets me, I'm I'm short, so. Try to stay back here. Peter goes on to be one of the greatest men of God to ever walk the face of this earth. Thousands and thousands and thousands of people received Jesus because Peter. Peter, when he died, they were going to crucify him. And he was like, hey, listen, I don't, I'm not worthy of dying like my master died. Can you crucify me upside down, please? What kind of man makes that request? What kind of man says, no, 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 I'm not worthy of dying the same way that Jesus died. Flip me over. I don't think, I mean, crucifixion was already bad. I don't, like, upside down? I don't even, I'm not a doctor. Medically, that, that must have been 
what changed. We all know that the Holy Spirit, Pentecost, we know that, obviously. But he had to be there in order to experience that. A man that he felt that he had no hope, that everything that he knew was true was ripped away from him the moment that he failed. The moment that he, he, he wasn't enough, he went back to being a fisherman and Jesus went to where he was and called him out of that, restored him and redeemed everything that was being taken from him at that moment. What has been taken from your hands? Is it hope? What has been taken from your hands? Is it peace? Now with this pandemic, we don't want to go anywhere. We're scared. Look, listen. Hey, listen, be wise, be prudent. But Corona is not greater than Jesus. Don't let a sickness, any sickness, disease, Corona, cancer, nothing. Don't let it stop you from worshiping him and lifting up and gathering. Don't allow the enemy to put instill fear into your heart. And I'm not, this is not a political stance. This is a stance, this is a biblical stance. You think this is it? You think things are going to get better? Oh no. Sorry honey. It's going to get worse. And what are we going to do then? We're going to go hide in a closet? We're going to go hide in a room? What about when it's not Corona at your door? But it's the authorities. Looking for you because you've been preaching in your neighborhood. What are you going to do? You're going to stop preaching? Now listen, I could be screaming all of this and be like Peter. I'm, I'm your ride or die, Jesus. And then when things happen, there's something broken in me and I fail. That's why it's important not to be putting pieces together like you think you should look like. But to run to Jesus and allow him to show you what the picture looks like. So you can be who you've been called to be. She gave a word about prophets and the call touching. Yes. Yes. Open your mouth. Extend your hands. Shout. So. The church, you were built for this season. Every time there's crisis and persecution in scripture, the church grows. <laughs> it grows, guys. So why are we hiding? Why are we hiding in our greatest moment? And this is not more than Corona. Why are you hiding from the things that God has called you to be because you don't feel you're up to it or you deserve it? Why have you taken your garments off? Why have you laid down your authority? What God, what Christ has paid for on that cross? I'm talking to myself because sometimes I let fear and doubt just collapse on me. Come on, church. Come on, Peter. Come on, Peter. Come on, Peter. It's time. Put on your garment and jump in that water 
and swim to Christ. <laughs> it's crazy what was called a failure is now what he did to get to Jesus. Remember, he walked the water and then he sank, he sunk. Remember that? And now Jesus is at the edge and he says, I don't care if I'm walking, if I'm swimming, if I'm diving, if I'm doggy paddling, but I'm getting to that shore. He doesn't care anymore. If he's walking, standing, running, sprinting, diving, he just wants to get to Jesus. Are we there yet? Are we there today? Have you been asking God, Lord, until when? Now's the time. It's time. It's now. Just rise to your feet. If you're here today, and you say, Pastor, this is me. I'm Peter. I don't care if you're in the leadership team. I mean, when I say I don't care, I'm just saying, don't let you being in the leadership team or this or that or whatever the case may be stop you from jumping off that boat. Put your image aside. Put your image aside. And just come to this altar if you say, that's me, Pastor. I've let my failings paralyze me. I've left my, my sin, my stumbling, impede me from being who you've called and made me to be.